Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, welcome back to Past Gas. It is I, Nolan Sykes, once again here with my boys. I'm Joe Weber. I'm Jeremiah Burton. Yeah, hey, thanks for um, listening once again, uh, this week, we're continuing our two-part series I'm on so the machines of Antarctica. Today's subject is the snow cruiser, which we hinted at last week. And uh, let me tell you guys, this is quite a story. Best ass podcast. It's about cars. It's not about ports. Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas Podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out, and I really appreciate that, so thank you. All right, now for the show. I think the most surprising thing from last week was that every expedition was like, they didn't know what they were doing. No. They didn't bring the right stuff. Nope. They got scurvy. Mm-hmm. Like, just bring a line. They didn't prepare. <laughs> they didn't do any testing ahead no. of time. No. It, it, yeah. It's it's Different part of the world. It's super cold. It's, it's like the most alien territory on Earth you can find probably other than like the Atacama Desert. Wow. Nice poll. Whoa. Yeah. Knowledge I, I, only, I only know Atacama because of... Uh, uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Oh, I love that uh, game. A few of the maps took place in the desert there. Uh, beautiful country. Anyway, we're going to jump back in to Antarctica. Um, last week's episode, Antarctic exploration was uh, steaming hot going into the 1900s. No country had claimed it as their own except for the Norwegians who planted flags there, but that was more of like a, hey, we're the first ones here, not like, hey, we own this piece of land. Um, so many countries still wanted to have an impressive presence to carve out a piece of their own. As we'll see in today's episode, that's much easier said than done. Even though last episode made it sound pretty freaking hard. Uh, <laughs> it's like when people, you can like buy a star or yeah. like put your name on a star. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, dog, that's a planet. 
that <laughs> aliens live on. Yeah, you can't claim. Like, what if you did buy a star and then you somehow were able to finance a trip to it and you get there and you're like, hey, man, this is my star. Mm, yeah. There's like billions of people there. Oh, my God. Nolan Land is so much more beautiful. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we're on Crablar 9. Yeah. <laughs> Crablar 9. That was from the That's Wheelhouse That's a callback, episode. yeah. <laughs> wow, we spent so much effort on the yeah, episode. <laughs> we made a musical episode last year for our 50th Wheelhouse uh, episode and uh, didn't do very well. <laughs> but it, was it was really fun to make, It was though. so much fun. Uh, okay. Thomas Poulter was a veteran and explorer of the Antarctic continent. In his first trip to the icy south, he accompanied fellow explorer and retired Navy Admiral Richard E. Byrd. This trip almost ended with Admiral Byrd dying of carbon monoxide poisoning caused by improper ventilation in his weather observation cabin. Sporadic and cryptic radio messages caused by the poisoning tipped Poulter off that something might be wrong, so he drove a tractor from home base out to the cabin and saved Admiral Byrd's life. And then Poulter took over that important weather observation. Yeah, so carbon monoxide poisoning like makes you act like it f***s with your head. Like it makes you act pretty weird. Yeah. So he was in a, so let me get this straight. So he's in a- Like a little cabin. Like a little cabin and has some sort of motor- Right, it was a uh, like a fireplace, and there wasn't enough uh, ventilation. Ventilation, okay. So like smoke was coming back in ah. to the cabin, oh, shit. Uh-huh. and it just started like depriving him of oxygen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you okay. you get like massive migraines, and you start to forget things mm-hmm. that you did. So mm-hmm. like some guy was waking up. Uh, some guy that had a, mon- a carbon monoxide leak in his house is waking up with little post its. Oh yeah. Uh, and he was like, is someone sneaking into my house and writing these little post-it notes? Right. And then they like found out later that he had just like a leak in his house and he was writing these things and he kept forgetting that he was doing it. Wow. I remember (laughs) Eddie, one of our editors lived with me for a while and we had improperly installed our oven (laughs) and didn't use silicone or, uh, like, like tape over the, the fittings and Teflon tape and, there's like gas would like slowly leak out and Eddie would he slept on the lower on the first level and he would like wake up every day with like splitting headaches. So Ooh. he was probably getting poisoned. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love I love that with this sporadic and cryptic radio messages. So he'd just hop on the radio and I'd be, be like, like hey. <laughs> Hey, Thomas. <laughs> hey, is ketchup a smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think something's wrong with Admiral. <laughs> with yeah. the Admiral. Um, okay, so upon returning home, Thomas Poulter got a job at the Armor Research Foundation at the Armor Institute of Technology, which is now the Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago. And he would soon begin work on the, his most infamous contribution to Antarctic exploration, the snow cruiser. As we discussed in our last episode, people had been checking out the South Pole for decades, just (laughs) checking it out. Um, But the U.S. had a vested interest in having a big presence in Antarctica, especially in the late 30s, because Nazis were a thing now, and Uncle Sam did not want them to have a foothold on Penguin Land. Uh, (laughs) Throwing some speculation now that there might be some gold or oil and other precious resources hiding out under the ice... It wasn't enough for the U.S. to just plant some flags. They needed to have a physical presence and a way to get around. Thomas Poulter and his team got to work on making that happen. It was critical that the craft also double as a residence for scientists and triple as a research lab 
for those scientists. This means the machine was going to be big. The craft would be nearly 56 feet long, 20 feet wide, and 16 and a half feet tall. Dang. It would be powered by two 150-horsepower Cummins diesel generators that powered an electric motor in each of the wheels. Oh, that's interesting. Almost like a Chevy Volt does, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's like those big rock cruiser, you know, in in mines that they use, you know, to build or to haul. Oh, yeah. Like, those are all electric motors powered by. Yeah, because you can't have, like, gas down there. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. To make sure each of the generators had enough fuel, the fuel tank had a capacity of 2,500 gallons, along with another 1,000 gallons for aircraft fuel because a freaking ski plane would live on top of this thing. To be strong enough for all that weight, the cruiser would be constructed entirely from steel, meaning this behemoth weighed in at 75,000 pounds fully loaded. So I already see a problem with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would that be, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy boy. It's a heavy boy on the, the softest <laughs> ground. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, well, it's, don't get too pessimistic. Okay. So this Thomas Poulter, is this the guy who is designing he's this? He's designing this thing. Okay. Yes. So he, and he's an American? He's an American. Okay. He's designing the snow cruiser. Right. Does he have any experience building any other kind of vehicle? Well, I think the results will answer that question. Okay. Uh, the team anticipated that the snow cruiser, or penguin as it was known, would have to cross some pretty gnarly crevasses, right? That's a problem. What if a wheel gets stuck? Boys, you're screwed. They came up with a clever solution. Each of the penguin's wheels could be retracted into the hull of the craft, kind of like some landing gear on a plane. Say you come up to a crevasse, guys. Okay. You could pull up one of the wheels. <laughs> like a, or the like f- a penguin's foot, how yeah. it goes into it. Yeah, its... that's cute. But uh, so, like, so it can raise up not vertically ra- or no, in? No, it, it would raise in. So like okay. you're coming up on a crevasse yep. uh, and your front wheel gets like into the crevasse, mm-hmm. but the, the it's so freaking long, the wheels are kind of mounted closer to the the middle of the car rather than the ends of it. So like the front end of the vehicle would support the weight of the rest of the thing while a the wheels would retract up. The back wheels would then push the car over the crevasse. Your front wheels would come up now that they're on solid ground. You'd retract the rear wheels and pull the car out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did it have, so it had like a uh, basically flat bottom or like a- Yes, very okay. flat bottom. For people who don't know, I mean, I do. Yeah. But a crevasse is like a big crack in the ground. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Glad I mean... we cleared that up. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this 
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I think the worst way to die would to be like fall into a crevasse and then just like suffocate. Wedged. Yeah. yeah oh my not, God. I don't want like 127 hours, but being cold. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, this is a pretty brilliant solution. Uh, the Snow Cruiser rode on 10-foot-high Goodyear tires uh, that were tested on the sand dunes of Lake Michigan. The Snow Cruiser's support trucks for the test got stuck in the sand, while the enormous contact patch ensured that the Penguin floated over the sand. The nine square feet of contact evenly distributed the weight over a very large area, kind of like how tanks work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nine square feet per wheel or total? I think total, yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Because, like, on your car, it's probably, like, at best, like... It's inches, right? Yeah. Like a a foot square patch, maybe? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, So that's pretty awesome. It's weird they tested it in sand, though. It... Right? Mm. Sand is different than snow. Yeah, I think it's I think it's got similar properties. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, guys. Okay. Yeah, I think it, I there. think it's like soft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just think you know it would make sense. You're in Illinois. Maybe wait for some snow to test it in. Right. Or if you're building a multi-million dollar thing that you want to succeed, go to a place and build it where it's snowing already, <laughs> like Alaska. <laughs> The groundbreaking engineering going into the Snow Cruiser wasn't cheap. It cost $150,000 to build, which is about $2.8 million today. But with all that important research and possible oil that was bound to be found, the Snow Cruiser was sure to pay itself off. There was just one problem. They built it in Chicago. They needed the the Snow Cruiser to be in Boston to be shipped mm, out. That seems like <laughs> not a huge deal. <laughs> Antarctic is just like a big black cloud over everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Snow Cruiser left for Boston on October 24th, 1939. The, the Snow Cruiser had to be driven, and that had an immediate effect on traffic. The Penguin had a top speed oh of 30 God. miles per hour. But worse, it was 20 feet wide, which means you couldn't pass it without going off the road entirely. And oncoming traffic had to get off the road to let it pass. It took a week to get to Ohio, (laughs) where the crew encountered a bridge they had to cross. Only one problem, though. It was also 20 feet wide, which just left a few inches of clearance on either side of the cruiser. It took three hours with a man on every corner of the craft to cross the bridge. Wow. What a disaster. (laughs) Can you imagine getting stuck behind this thing? Oh, my God. Let's go! (laughs) I gotta get to the factory! (laughs) (laughs) A few days later, they found another bridge, uh, and this time it wouldn't be so easy to get across. The snow cruiser broke down, and it took the crew three days to get it off the bridge. I'm pretty sure I was stuck behind this guy in traffic this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They finally got to Boston and set off by ship to Antarctica on November 15th. It took them 22 days to get there from Chicago. Uh, When the crew was unloading the craft from the ship, 
One of the front wheels broke through the wooden <laughs> ramp. The three men on top of the snow cruiser at the time almost fell off the craft. They got it off the boat, drove a few feet, and uh, then they found a problem. What's the problem, Nolan? Tell us. The snow cruiser could not drive on snow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Sand and snow are like the same thing. <laughs> uh, they found that the electric motors were severely underpowered for the job, but worse, the tires were also completely unfit for it. And that's because they were completely smooth with no tread at all. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You got snow... Just spent, wait for winter, test it out. I love it. I love it so much. I just love it. Because you know why? Because engineers built this. And engineers, like I said during the PT Cruiser podcast, you remember? Mm -hmm. Engineers are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> they really are. Because they don't ever like go out and test stuff the way it should be done. They're, they're indoor just, people. Yeah, they're indoor. Like they're not practical. And you know what? As someone who was one, I can say that. So f*** all you. Other <laughs> I'm an engineer too. Yeah. Audio engineer, but <laughs> same I'm as smart as you. It's the same thing. Right? I was a, a sandwich engineer when I worked at uh, <laughs> 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 the Vaughn's Deli there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the crew tried to fix the situation by installing the cruisers. They brought two spare tires with them. Okay. Uh, they, they attached those to the uh, front axle. Um, that still didn't really help, though, so they put chains over all the tires, and that did help. Um, the snow cruiser was able to move with that modification, but only in reverse. Um, and what? Why? That's just how it is. I think I imagine, like, weight balance, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, so the could be the only way that it could gain traction. Uh, the longest trip the snow cruiser ever made was 92 miles in reverse. Um, so the decision was made to just park it but continue using the onboard research equipment. The crew took ice samples, they monitored seismic activities, and measured cosmic rays from the sun. Um, the journey might have been a total failure, but the important work still got done. However, it did not help the ski plane on top of the, uh, the snow cruiser threw a rod and could no longer be flown, so they just left that as well. As conditions got colder, the crew covered the snow cruiser in snow to help insulate it and keep themselves warm. It seems like uh, like exploring Antarctica in like the 30s is kind of the same way we're exploring Mars now, where we're like, we're sending our best technology, but it's still just kind of like... You're still finding the weak, the weak spots. Yeah, this sure. thing is still puttering around, like taking yeah. low-res pictures, <laughs> <laughs> picking up rocks. <laughs> 1941 rolled around and brought World War II with it. And that pretty much killed any public interest in the snow cruiser project. Because, you know, at the time it was a pretty big deal. It was this huge thing. People lined the roads to watch it go by on its journey to Boston. Like, it was a pretty big deal, you know. Um, but, you know, then the war happened and they're like, just more important stuff to, to do. The crew was brought back to the States and the snow cruiser was left on the ice in the, uh, on the southernmost continent. Two separate expeditions... Uh, happened upon the snow cruiser on their trip. The first was in 1946 after the war during a U.S. Navy exercise called Operation Humpback. Then in 1958, another expedition found the craft thanks to a marker pole sticking up out of the snow. The crew on that expedition actually used the cruiser as a shelter and reported that basic maintenance was all that needed to uh, get the car <laughs> running again. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Pretty yeah. reliable. Unfortunately, though, 
I don't think the Snow Cruiser is ever going to run again. Oh, man, I had really high hopes. We'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Snow Cruiser hasn't been found since 1958, uh, and there are a few, prevail- uh, a few prevailing theories as to why. The first is that the Snow Cruiser fell into the ocean when a large portion of the Ross ice shelf uh, broke off in the 60s. The second and way more exciting theory, in my opinion, is that the Soviets captured the Snow Cruiser and smuggled it off of Antarctica to reverse engineer it and build their own Snow Cruiser, although that sounds... A little far-fetched. Yeah, because you would need a bigger vehicle to, like, tow it back, and I don't think that was going to happen. Also, why would you care about re-engineering a piece of (laughs) s***? We need to look at technology and make round big tires, (laughs) slick tires. (laughs) Yeah, like, the Russians probably looked at that thing and were like, well, that's garbage. We could build our own. There's nothing. We could make a bomb out of it. Right. Uh, Antarctic exploration and research is still kicking today, and they have all sorts of vehicles to help get them around. One of them is the Tucker Snowcat, which is pretty much a box on a set of four tracks. Uh, whatever you're imagining right now, listener, that's probably accurate to what I'm seeing those little is. like triangle tracks, right? N- As uh, no, just oh. a regular like oval kind of wheels. Okay. Or oval track, you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> they use uh, the the Tucker Snowcat to make little short trips and tow things. It's like a tractor um, for long distance trips over the continent. Uh, the vehicle of choice is the Haglund, which is another very boxy design, but this time split between two cabs on two tracks each. So like two really boxy tanks attached to each other. There's tons of room to like carry supplies and people. Uh, they're very, and they can be used as shelters. Apparently, another popular choice is the Humvee, but with those sick triangle tracks that you were talking oh, about yeah. earlier. That's mm-hmm. the way to go. Uh, and a sleeper cab built onto the back, so that's pretty sick. Nowadays, besides scientific research, there's also a surprising amount of touristy stuff to do in Antarctica. Um, in case this series has made you want to check it out, it makes it sound very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> We've really set the stage for people to want to yeah. get down there. Yeah. Uh, you can go kayaking. Go camping. You want to hear something crazy? There was actually a Tinder date in oh, Antarctica. Hell yeah. Two researchers found each other on Tinder and went on a nice. date. There's only one ATM on Antarctica. It's like on the other side, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> so who owns who owns Antarctica? Is it a? It's, is it their own country? It's it's kind of incorporated. So, yeah. Uh, Countries have claimed parts of it, like Russia's claimed parts of it, Norway's claimed parts, uh, America's claimed parts, 
But no one has, I don't think, claimed like the South Pole. Okay. I think that's been like, like not a not a treaty or anything, but mm-hmm. like an agreement. Yeah, we all kind of agree that it's just like that. It's not worth. Yeah. The trouble. Uh, speaking of like different partitions, uh, Ukraine has some of their own territory, and there's a bar there um, that's. Uh, sells homemade vodka for three dollars a shot. So if you want to go check that out, wait, why are like why a, is alcohol less expensive there than in LA? <laughs> Way less expensive. I went to a bar and they were selling Jameson shots for twelve dollars. Oh my Ugh. god, that's terrible. Yeah, gag me with a spoon. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It, I just realized that. Like anyone can kind of go anywhere and lay claim to whatever land. Yeah, you just have to have a bigger military. <laughs> yeah, basically. But so, you could go down there and be like, "This is my land," and no one could do anything yeah. unless, you um, know, the Russian army shows up and kicks your ass off of it. You know what's happening with Greenland right now? Because all the ice is melting and they're like getting more access to land. There's like some rare earth metals, oh, no. and so Trump made like said that dumb about like him trying to buy Greenland yeah, yeah, but it's actually becoming kind of an issue where like I think the Netherlands own it has claim to it now but like as these as it becomes more valuable like it could it's possible that there could be like a war over it or something like that sure wait Greenland's not its own country or it doesn't is. have a government oh it's kind of the way I think that like uh you know Canada's associated with England or Great Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's like they discovered it, and it's kind of like... Gotcha. It's its own... It's not a sovereign nation. I don't know. I, I sound like an idiot talking about it, but... Uh, so it's another- an autonomous territory within okay. the kingdom of Denmark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, l- yeah, like Joe's saying, you know, Britain has all these territories, and so this is just one, but it's for Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, so, wow, it's possible that with, like, climate change... Uh, we could probably maybe see some or see something like that happen in Antarctica. Yeah, maybe there's like a a new element like Shackleton onium yeah. that they discovered down there, <laughs> or but, like just tons of uh, of of surge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this uh, expedition from the '80s there <laughs> just can't surge. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, I don't know if I want, ever want to go to Antarctica. I don't know. I don't know, man. It sounds really... Based off of these two podcasts, um, we haven't really done a great job selling it. <laughs> no, no. I would take a ski-doo down there. Yeah. A oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Go to the Sandwich Islands. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yum, they yum, probably yum. have like... I mean, I bet Quiznos is still open. Down there. <laughs> so is there? So is there gold there? Is there? What? What is the? What's? The, are there any metals that? Because I, it sounded like the U.S. wanted it only because they didn't want the Germans having it. Yeah. Right. But is there anything under that icy crust? Well, oil? I think if there was, then there would definitely be some sort of claims to it, you know. They're probably just waiting for the earth to heat up enough to where it's a little bit warmer down there, and then you can do some stuff. I think think as, like, a strategic point, it makes sense, because, like, you kind of have access to anywhere from it. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know what I'm talking about, too. (laughs) You have have access to anywhere south of the equator easily. Yeah, yeah. The north part. Yeah. This is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just go through the earth and yeah. there's a tube going from the North Pole to the South Pole. <laughs> yeah. And there's South Pole Santa. 
You guys know about oh, him? Oh, yeah. You guys know about Zappos Jeff. Santa? Jeff Claus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff Claus. He comes and takes your presents. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a very fun uh, two episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Again, um, I, I love I love that we get to do this. Uh, leave us a great review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Um, I'm Nolan Sykes. I'm Joe Weber. You can find me at dark underscore webinar Instagram. I'm Jeremiah Burton. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jeremiah Burton. Also, last podcast, I had some people hit me up. I guess I said I was from Brevard County. Three, two, one, countdown county. Hello, family. Oh, right. good shout out. <laughs> yeah, great. Hey, uh, yeah. Also, we have a, uh, we, if you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel also called Donut Media. If you haven't watched our videos, you'd probably like them if you like this podcast. Um, so go check that out. Give us a subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Be nice. See you next time. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.